Hi everyone, uh, Isaac here from Drafting the Dregs. Look, we had a few audio issues this week when we were recording the podcast, so some of the uh, waiver wire unfortunately didn't record, and that was a pretty important part where we were talking about some trades that happened this week. Look, I've I've cut around it. Uh, we'll be able to talk about those trades next week. You might cotton onto some of them as the episode continues to play, so well done if you do but we'll definitely talk about those trades next week. Uh, But otherwise, sit back, relax, and enjoy the podcast. Hello and welcome to Draft. This is your podcast for all things Draft EPL. Now, we've got uh, the regular crew with us this week. We've got Mick. We've got Gilby, we've got Dave, a.k.a. Chopper. Uh, Dave, if you wouldn't mind really quickly, did you just want to talk us through the uh, the facial hair situation, please? It's Movember. Uh, over the years, I've raised money. Uh, probably, I think grand total is definitely over $10,000. Uh, one year in particular was over 1500 these days, I do not ask people for any money, but I keep going with the Movember thing. Uh, I do tend to grow a fairly mean, dirty uh, handlebars moustache. So, yeah. Have you had people try and pay you not to grow that moustache, Dave? Because I put in for that one. <laughs> I mean, maybe that's the tact for next year. But, yeah, no, all for a good cause. Jump on Movember. Mental health issues. Check your balls, guys. <laughs> sage advice there from from chopper as always thank you so much and uh it's it's a it's it's an absolute pleasure to welcome ben with us this week we have a special guest ben he's uh he's he's joined us uh, in rockhampton he's actually with mick at the moment but uh ben you're one of our managers you're here with us this week are you excited to be on the podcast yeah excited i thought i'd jump in and give it a go Fantastic! No, we're very pleased to have you here. And as we sounds do convincing. With... <laughs> hey, I'll take it at this point in time. I'll it's take better, it. I think it's, it's better good. than the three others. Mm, absolutely. And look, we've when the four of us started the podcast, we had particular questions that we sort of answered and went through. So we're going to subject you to the same ones. Um, so first of all, let's go with name, your drafting position for this year, and the EPL club that you support. Uh, name's Benjamin. I believe I've drafted from third this year. Um, my Premier League club is Southampton. Decided to follow them because my other team I was planning on supporting was West Ham. The two of them played each other that weekend. I'm like, no problem. I'll support the winner. It was a nil-all draw. And then just <laughs> picked one in the end. <laughs> and you picked wrong. Congratulations. <laughs> That, that was the same year Mane got his hat-trick, though. His fastest ever hat-trick, so I don't think so. Not at that time. Well, there, there you go. I think uh, uh, that's just classic classic Southampton, uh, South, Southampton, West Ham, nil well, or that, draw. That would have been, would that be the same year they sold nearly all their players and whoever their new manager was posted a photo of like the start of preseason training and it was just an empty pitch saying like waiting for the my players to arrive because they hadn't signed like seven players. Oh, possibly. I don't know. First <laughs> season didn't really know what was going on. 
That's very passive aggressive from the manager, I must say. Ballsy. Very passive aggressive. Wow. Okay, now I'm just thinking drafting position. Wasn't wasn't Nathan third? Yeah, I'm not sure. Know. Maybe I was fourth. It's, it's that then. long ago. I can't remember. Yeah, that's okay. It was that long ago. Who knows? Uh, look, let's jump into the other one. So, use three words to describe your drafting style. You guys prepped? <laughs> I mean, <laughs> tiny amount. What does that word prepped mean? Yeah, pretty much. I just turn up, <laughs> have some food, drinks, and a bunch of names get read out. Throwing darts. <laughs> yep. Pretty much. Keeps it, it entertaining. It hasn't it served it me a lot in does. previous years? Yeah, you no. can definitely overanalyze these things. So look, it's probably not the most uh, common tactic out there, but you know, it's hard to floor it. No. It does the job. It does the job. I like it. Okay, so let's move on to the next one. Name three players, past or present, you would include in your draft fantasy squad. Yeah, because I haven't been following it EPL for all of that long, really, I've gone with Mane, just because I've had him in previous years. Quality. And like I mentioned before, his fastest hat trick. Just pretty good. Uh, Aguero, the first year we played the draft, Dave picked Hazard. He was absolute trash. And then I picked second with Aguero, and he did pretty well for me that year. Yeah, the, the inverse of pretty trash <laughs> <laughs> and then finally i've gone with tarkowski just because he's been solid in the back for me in previous years didn't manage to get him this year how could you not go with the southampton so like i'm shocked you haven't gone ings or a southampton legend in there somewhere well Mane is a southampton legend we'll give him that there aren't many so that Mane's definitely is one or ward prowse Ings is more of a Liverpool legend in that I'd time frame, isn't he? We'd have to go back to Matt Letizia, surely. Well, that's the only other player I could think of, but didn't follow it anywhere around that time. So, <laughs> no, very, very good. And um, so, this is the big one because we are sort of what eleven rounds in. So, what is a pass mark for you uh, for your end of season position? What's the goal? Because right now, tell us where you are right now and so where are you wanting to get to? Currently at the bottom of the table. Slipped down in the last two weeks. <laughs> so the goal at the moment is to finish higher than I currently am. Excellent. And so really it's Mick just standing in the way at the moment, isn't it? Yeah, Mick or Dan. Everyone <laughs> decides to be in seventh at the time. And you are staying at Mick's place tonight, so maybe it's sage advice to tell Mick to sleep with one eye open or something. I don't yeah. know. Well, it could no. be some interesting transfer offers made on Mick's account. <laughs> I mean, you wouldn't judge them, would you? You'd look at that and be like, that seems like a legitimate trade Mick would accept. Yeah, yeah. That, that's why they'd be like, Dave would accept that immediately as the commissioner. I'd be like, yeah, that sounds like Mick. <laughs> oh, very good. Well, Bed, thank you so much for being with us tonight. And you, you've obviously listened to the podcast, uh, so you're well aware of how, how things roll. So feel free to jump in. We will talk about everyone's uh, league position. You can go through your, your squad with us at that point. 
And um, yeah, we do like to have a look at some of the waiver wire action. And yeah, please feel free to jump in uh, at any point in time. Uh, look, it's usually at this point where we talk about our moments of the week. So let's maybe jump into that. I think we might start with Dave. Uh, your moment of the week, please. Does it have anything to do with uh, players with facial hair? Mm, no. Uh, oh, okay. I don't know. I can't remember. Yeah. I don't know. I just look at the back of their shirts and see what the name says. I don't look at their face. Um, <laughs> TAA doesn't. Does Is Salah got a bit of a beard at the moment? Still going? I can't I even so. remember. I, sure I literally just Googled best facial hair in the EPL and it came up with a top 10 and it said the first is Aaron Gunnison, the Icelandic midfielder Ooh. who plays at Burnley. Apparently he rocks a pretty impressive beard and it's given number three to Mohamed Salah. So, yeah, there you go. Yeah. So yes, my moment of the week uh, is TAA's brilliant free kick, uh, but against, against West Ham, but more so even when Mohamed Salah isn't scoring fantasy points, he kind of just does anyway. The game, like we mentioned it um, last pod and uh, the draft boys have said, you know, Salah is a cheat code. He really is. Uh, TAA rolled the ball to him. Salah literally just blocked the ball, stopped it dead. TAA whips in the uh, free kick into the goals and... Sally gets the assist. It's literally a cheat code. So, yep, that's that's my moment of the week. It's pretty impressive stuff. And obviously, you know, it just keeps the the ball rolling for Jeff at this point in time, who has Salah in his squad. So, hey, um, he's scoring incredible points. It's insane. Yeah, it's mental. <laughs> okay, so we might turn our attention to Gilby. I think there's a lot to unpack here, Gilby, with your moment of the week. Um, we've we've spoken before we came on together. We was talking about the fact that five managers have um, parted ways with their clubs so far this particular uh, year. Oli Gunasolshar is not one of those. He's still hanging on. He's clinging with his fingernails onto the Manchester United bus. Uh, are his fingernails eventually going to rip off based on the current uh, standings? I think they will eventually, uh, but I think our planning has not been good. And I think if they do fire him, it'll only be because things get even worse than they are now. Um, Generally, the Glazers have only shown that they're prepared to fire someone when either they miss out in Champions League football or Champions League football is basically impossible. So, I mean, as bad as we've been, we're still only three points out of the top four. Um, whether or not United should be further up the table, of course, is a moot point at this point. But basically, the Glazers have shown that they're more than interested in the money. And I think what may happen is if he is fired, it'll be a caretaker manager. And I don't think we're going to make a long-term appointment until the end of the season. So at the moment, they're probably looking around saying, well, they don't really like the looks of anyone, the P, the... Maybe uh, the managers we want, we don't think we'll get at this point. So I think it'll be to the end of the season at the moment. Um, Mick, what were you going to say about the manager there? Basically, exactly what you said at the end. There is 
they can sack them all they want, but the best manager available has just been signed for a different team. So who exactly are they going to pick up? Unless they get some confirmation that Zinedine Zidane or someone else of that ilk is willing to, um, I don't see them getting rid of him anytime soon. So might as well stay with someone that's built the team somewhat around. Obviously, Ronaldo was a bit of a curveball, but at least they've got a guy who knows the team inside and out and has put some decent results up. May not be overall great, but has had some decent results. I think they need to go from a positive manager in Ole Gunnar Solskjaer to an even more positive manager in regards to Daniel Farker. I think he's available now. Let's just let's just up the positivity and enthusiasm to a higher extent. It's obviously working at the moment. Let's let's keep the train moving. I think probably the bookies odds at the moment say the most likely is Brendan Rodgers. Um, I don't see him moving during the season. If he does move, it would only be for a lot of money to Leicester at the end of the season. Um, if we were going to make an appointment now, probably the most realistic is Ralph Rangnick, who is the current director of football at Locomotive Moscow. They may look to bring him in as a caretaker and then eventually move him upstairs to maybe like a director of football or transfer position, something like that. Um, if it was me, at the moment, as I look around, the manager I would most like to give a go to is probably Eric Ten Hag at, Isaac, at Ajax. Um, I really like the work he's done the last few seasons and the current profile of Manchester United and the way we want to kind of play. I think he suits us, but yeah. So anyway, back onto the moment of the week. Um, I couldn't really split three different statistics, so I'll work from three up to one. So at the moment, I'm just wallowing in how horrible it's been. So I thought, hmm. why not? We will just go with the most terrible statistics I could find based on how terrible we were hosting City. So in number three, uh, City recorded 753 passes. It was the most ever recorded versus United since the 2003 season when Optus started recording stats. So it was just a carousel for City in the end. They were just playing keep ball. Um, so that was pretty embarrassing. But it did get worse. Uh, the player with the most passes in the final third for Manchester United was comprehensively beaten by Ruben Diaz from Manchester City, who had 12 <laughs> passes in the final third, which is more than any other United player in their attacking third. So that was number two. But the worst of all... Um, Man United had more shots on target at their own net than at City's net in the match. So we had two uh, attempts at our own goal that probably should have gone in. One one did did go in. (laughs) Um, We had two shots on target in our own net and one shot on target at City's. So really that just summed up the last few weeks for a Manchester United supporter. It's been pretty terrible, but in the end I can hope it's going to be... Hopefully it can turn around, but we'll see how we go. I think everyone will just have vivid memories of last week, how I was telling everyone that Ronaldo's trash and Nick should get rid of him, and I've just been proven right again. (laughs) You didn't do any U-turning at all, did you, Dave? No, no, no. Not at all. No, no, that's good. That's good. I'm glad. For those three people that generally listen to the podcast, you'll, uh, you'll understand what we're talking about there. So well done, Dave. Well done for for sticking strong and staying true to the cause. <laughs> uh, one thing that I did note from last week's podcast, Gilby, um, is that you said uh, with the way that United are now playing, given their change of formation, you said, well, Man City having no striker could suit the Man U defence um, or their quality midfield could tear us apart. So um, 
is there any guessing which one actually came true there? <laughs> yeah, well, in the end, uh, the way their system was playing, our centre-backs didn't really have the intelligence to go with that system. So Guardiola's false nine was just dropping into the space. I uh, don't think Lindelof or Bailly were marking anyone. And when Maguire tried to mark somebody, he couldn't run. So, I mean, our back three was pretty terrible. wan positioning and Shaw's positioning, for that matter, were horrible as well. It was just uh, it was a horror show all around. So, I mean... Yeah, I don't know where you start there. I think it really comes back to probably the big um, mistake over the transfer market was not buying a defensive midfielder. Um, like you, like all the top sides have a great one. Uh, like your Kante's, like I mean, Rodri's look very good in that Manchester City system. Um, so we really need a really good holding midfielder. Um, I think David Moyes is probably rubbing his hands together thinking of the 120 million that Manchester United are probably going to offer him for Rice. So that's going to be an interesting one over there in January, whether or not they try for someone like that. But, I mean, it was all sort of like people were cheering Donny Vanderbeek when he tried to come on. Like, uh, it's it's kind of just gallows humour for Manchester United at the moment, and that's pretty sad to say. I don't know why Rice would want to leave West Ham for a team outside the top four right now, though. Oh, I'm not saying he's going to want to move, or even if he should move, but... They're going to offer him a hundred million minimum for it. I would have thought that there's probably someone cheaper in a different league that is going to do just as good a job. You would think. Well, we've been linked a lot with Wilfred Ndidi, um, so mm-hmm. that may be the more realistic option. Um, but yeah, I mean, another one I like is uh, I don't know his first name, but Shemani, the French midfielder. Um, he's been very, very good in that holding role. Um, but yeah, I mean. Like, Pogba's now injured again, I saw in France duty. So, I mean, midfield troubles, defensive troubles. We haven't worked out how to work with Ronaldo. We don't know the formation we want. It's uh, it's going to be a long season. I don't think any of us could say it any better, Gilby. So, look, we wish you and Manchester United fans around the world luck. Oh, we don't, we don't chop no, up? No, we no. do not. Okay, no, never mind. My, my apologies. We're reveling in this uh, <laughs> period of mediocrity. <laughs> I take that back. Thank you very much. Uh, let's move over to Mick. Mick, have you got a moment of the week for us? Please tell me it doesn't involve West Brom. No, it doesn't. Oh, um, thank goodness. I'm not bringing that up. They didn't have a win this week, so we'll leave that one out of it. But Oh, um, actually, I, no, let's I, change focus. Uh, West Brom, <laughs> let's talk about them a little bit they more. Did, they didn't lose, though, so... Oh, okay, um, no, that's fine. They're still more successful than my multi. That means something, right? Um, <laughs> into my moment of the week. Now, I haven't actually told you guys. I just having a quick look before, and my moment of this week, a little bit different. We've spoken about it on a previous pod, but Roberto Sanchez, Brighton's goalkeeper. Now, I believe he's in Gilby's team. We're going to get to that. It's actually not what you think, Gilby. It's a positive here. Has anyone looked at his expected assists for this year? He should have had 0.64 assists. So he is an underperforming goalkeeper from the attacking end. I would like to point out that was he had an assist, 0.29 for this round, but 0.64 of the entire season. As a collective, the goalkeepers this year should have 1.3 assists. They only have one with Jose Zara, and that's the one we spoke about, which I needed that week because I had him for three points. But overall, keepers are underperforming. They should be getting more attacking returns, and I think that's something we need to talk about. Um, 
But yeah, I was having a quick look at Brighton's and it was a 91st minute. It was a long ball, I assume, on the counter when Brighton were up 2-1. Um, 0.29, I think it came to Moda that it fell to. But it was actually Brighton's third biggest chance of the game. And it was assisted by a goalkeeper. So I think it's something to look for. Some of you guys at the top that need extra points, Gilby, not looking at you. Um, but if you need someone that needs it, I mean, or you do, you already have Sanchez, but he's a great attacking goalkeeper out there. So it might be something to look at. But that's my moment of the week is an attacking goalkeeper. I just, it's great. And coming back to West Brom, Sam Johnson did do it for England. So there you go. There's the tie-in for you, Isaac. <laughs> I look for, uh, I'm just, just wait and see me drop Schmeichel and Edison to try and pick up uh, some key, some keepers with some better expected uh, attacking threat, if that's okay. I think that's fair enough. Gilby, you want to trade? Uh, well, I mean, I was looking at blowing up my entire team over the weekend, so <laughs> if ever you're going to make an offer, I'd be considering it this round. If you actually look at that game, judging by expected goals or got expected assists, Robert Sanchez was their third most creative player for Brighton in a team that scored two goals. So that's got to say something, right? I mean, in a team that won for a goalkeeper to be that creative... Maybe it's a, a case of they actually finally took their chances or whatever it might be. But when they collectively create 1.56 goals and he creates 0.29 of them, he's creating 20% of their chances. There That's you go. impressive. Uh, That's it, impressive. It, it, facetiously, it might be. But legitimately, that that is quite impressive. <laughs> I, think he's... I actually saw, I saw on Twitter today, um, if anyone has a look, look at uh, Edison's goalkeeping warm-up. And his delivery out of the box. If you look on Twitter, I think that's where I saw it. But that is for Jeff and Nathan and uh, one of our old mates, Scotty. That is goalkeeping porn right there. It is phenomenal. So if you have a look, I don't know if we can find it on Twitter. We might even share it. But it is just crisp to watch. And I can I didn't see the Brighton game, but I can only imagine the ball was just like that. I'm not sure I want to watch goalkeeper porn, if I'm honest. Do they leave the gloves yeah, on, or do they take them off, or like? You probably don't want to. You don't want to type that into any internet site, really. Yeah, but the, the gloves are extra sticky by the end. That's for sure. <laughs> oh, I did not need to know that. Uh, they need the protection anyway. So, where we're going to go from here? Because Mick has spoken about the the good parts of Sanchez's game. My moment of the week was maybe the bad part where he, he got a red card, but not so much his red card. It's more that, that Dunk uh, took the gloves because Brighton had already used up uh, all of their substitutes. So their, their, their centre-back Dunk, um, big strapping lad, takes the gloves, uh, is in goal for the last seven or so minutes of the game. Um, you know, you think, well, this is the time for Newcastle to start pinging uh, the ball left, right, and centre at the goal, trying to make him work for it. Um, but it just so happens that in that last seven minutes, they had exactly zero shots. Newcastle had zero shots at the goalkeeper, who's not a goalkeeper, in the goal in that last seven minutes when it's all on the line. I just thought that that was uh, incredible. Maybe they were really, um, you know, just... Uh, really put off by Dunk's presence in the goal. I don't know what the deal is, but I, you know, that that's just incredible to think that they couldn't even manage a shot on target or a shot on goal when they've got somebody in the in goal who who really realistically doesn't know what they're doing. So, uh, you know, I just thought that was a very interesting moment this week. 
yeah, kind of brought me back to the old St. Cat's days of in the under nines and under tens. If you looked at the opposition and you had some poor three foot five goalkeeper, um, the coach would just say, righto boys, let's put, let's have a shot from halfway. You never know your luck. And <laughs> we, we scored a few goals that way. The old goalkeeper comes rushing out and it bounces over his head into the goal. So I don't know. That would have been an interesting team talk. It obviously Straight wasn't the coaching badges. Uh, <laughs> it obviously wasn't Dave that was pinging them from halfway. I didn't think he could actually kick that far. Not yeah, I was more the Eric Bailly pinging them from inside the box into my own net. <laughs> yeah, fig- figured that would be the case. Now, fair enough. The other thing I wanted to bring up there was you know Dunk had a change of position and kept a clean sheet in goal. I feel like he should get an extra six points. I don't know what you boys think, but, you know, I mean, he's in my team and I played him this week, so I might be a little bit biased. But I thought that was pretty impressive. Yeah, no, no I'm not buying it. Oh. Well, I just saw Mick has shared a link. He must have found that Edison thing. But going back to how that kind of conversation ended, the headline of that uh, little video clip is, watching Edison warm up is so satisfying. So, yeah, I don't know is. where we're going on this podcast lately, but uh, we've got a few headlines we could pick from. The question is, what is he warming up for? I guess uh, that's the real question here. It goes straight down the guts, Isaac. Oh, no. That's what okay, she said. So, let's, let's change tact a little bit. Thank you, gentlemen. Uh, now, this is, this is an opportunity for you, Ben. If you have a moment of the week, if you want to talk about South, Southampton and their win... Whatever you want to talk about. If there's nothing you want to talk about, that's okay. You can tell us that there's nothing you want to talk about. But this is your moment. Is there any moment this week that, that you thought was interesting? No, just second week to have a win is nice in a row. Good if we could keep <laughs> that up. Whee. Might work our way off the bottom of the table. But... That would be no, handy. That's pretty much it. That would be I handy. didn't actually watch any this week. I saw Armstrong scored for the first time since the opening round. So maybe that's a good omen for you that when Armstrong scores, you can get up on the end. It was an absolute thunder bastard too. It was, yeah, just lined (laughs) it up, hit it very sweet from outside the box and, yep, thunder bastard. So still more shots than successful goals than Kane then. I believe so. (laughs) <laughs> I think and well technically um Bailey has or Bailey has what's it I've pronounced his name totally Eric incorrectly. Bailey. Um Eric Bailey technically has more goals than Kane as well so you know uh, it's not hard at this point in time is it any anyone can do it Excellent quality first round pick Hopefully <laughs> he does better soon yeah, well, yeah. I was just looking at the other players that have one goal, and you're in there with luminaries such as uh, Divock Origi, who got on the score sheet this time. Oh. Uh, and he only scores Wolby. crackers. Like, that goal, yeah. pivot, yep. hit, he, he doesn't score unless it's on the highlights reel. <laughs> yeah, and our old mate Danny Wellbeast from Brighton, he's got one. I think he's on the permanent treatment table now. And, of course, Mick's favourite, Werner, is on there with one goal too. You're going to miss the chance to point out Sterling? That's why I was fist pumping over here, not Werner. Well, Sterling all the way. I was only I was only looking at strikers mix. So I mean, I mean I can I can look up look at um any of your forwards there. What what forwards have you got again, Mick? 
Uh, Chris Wood, Ronaldo has a couple. Ah, yeah, Chris Wood's got two. Yeah, okay, so, so you're up, you're up on the average. Twice as good. Yeah. And who's the last one I have? Can't even tell you off the top of my head. Oh, Jesus. Who's got oh, more yeah. than two? You traded for Jesus. No, he has two as well. See? There so, you go. I got 11. Yeah. Oh, is it, how many's Ronaldo got? Uh, Six, five? Ronaldo has four? four. Four. There you go. That's eight across my forwards. I'll take that. Yeah, yeah. Not bad. <laughs> No, very nice, because I, I was actually thinking midway through, I'm pretty sure this week there was a very, of the forwards in the game who actually scored either assist points or or, or um, goal points, I'm pretty sure none of them were in anyone's squad. Am I right in saying that this week? It was a pretty barren round for forwards, I'll say that. None in my team, that's for sure. Yeah, so that that's that's interesting because I'm pretty sure yeah, all of them are sort of just there in the waiver waiting to be picked up. Um, there were some interesting ones like I know Jay Rodriguez, for example, got an assist uh, this this week. Uh, Vidra scored the the yeah. the you know, goal that right. drew I, against Chelsea. I'm just so looking, so you got four goal scorers. You had Armstrong that I think Jeff got rid of a couple of weeks ago. Yeah, uh, Arigi that no one has, Puki that no one has. And Vidra. So those were the four strikers that scored this week. So, yep, you're right. When we go through the waiver, I've got some interesting. I had some. I had some very interesting almost pickups that that I think uh, could be of interest this week. Um, so yeah, we'll 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 wait and see how that goes. Now, before we get into those waiver wire uh, chat, let's talk uh, multi mic. Now, uh, it was a majestic one last week. Apparently, um, now how. Did your two-leg multi go? Did you have some success? And I'm interested to know, you you shelved it, but you did have another thought on your multi, which you didn't want to share. I don't know if you recall that. I'm wondering if you wouldn't mind sharing that now or whether you would like to wait, or if you don't even remember it, well, that's fine. No, I remember it. I just want to remember how that result worked. Um, Anyway, the the actual multi was, uh, I believe, Palace to win by two and Mm. Edward to score both goals. That's or right. to score two goals, sorry. Yes. Um, Palace won by two. Edward took the most shots in the game with four. Unfortunately, mm. didn't score a goal though. So 50% correct. A good attacking threat. By the looks of it, it wasn't in the best areas. I was like, you could be a better judge of that for me. Um, but I mean, hey, I've had worse multis. It, at the end of the day, the result is exactly the same. It was wrong. And we <laughs> lost the money. No, we lost fictional money um but you know what it it was closer than most of the other ones yeah i was about to be mean and say closer than gilby to seventh last round but no it probably wasn't closer than that um (laughs) but yeah i've had worse ones um the other the other multi was that's right um it it was a one-all draw in that game but it was after gilby very kindly told me how bad chelsea strikers were I've been just tempted just to keep just basically just pumping my own team up and backing them in. So I said Chelsea, Chelsea to win, and Havertz to score a hat trick. I'm pretty sure I was thinking, and then <laughs> Gilby went and just completely shit housed that idea. So I had to come up with another one spur of the moment. But um, I believe it was just those two things of it. Um, but yeah, definitely it was Havertz hat trick, Chelsea. Yeah, Chelsea to win. So, unfortunately, that didn't happen. Hey, he did score all of Chelsea's goals. So, you know what? That's better than missing out of all seven goals. 
Um, yeah. Eight, he got me eight points. So from that side of things, I can't really complain too much. But no multi this week with the international break, but it gives me an extra an extra week to try and work out something for uh, next time, for, for what, a fortnight's time, a week's time. I would like to congratulate you on your doggedness for keeping Havertz for so long to finally get a goal. Congratulations, Mick. In saying that, in all honesty, though, once we saw that Lukaku and Werner went down, was I ever going to drop him? This is the only chance he's going to play. So I have to keep him until they're at least back. Sterling, on the other hand, well, we can get to that later. Well, I think that if he didn't score that goal, he probably definitely would have been dropped because it was just on a platter for him with that ball from James. So it's a good thing he did score that goal in the end. Would he have been dropped? Who else do they have to play? Unless Lukaku and Werner come back. And once they do come back, I'm well aware that he will get dropped again. Um, Unless he comes out and scores a hat-trick. They've got about 100,000 million kids out online. They could probably recall one of them. (laughs) Yeah, they do. Um, But I mean, (laughs) Olivier Giroud's gone now. Tammy Tammy Abraham's gone now. So he's a midfielder playing as a striker in one of the top three teams in the league. So... I guess you can't really say too much that while he's playing, he's going to be a fixture in my team. Sterling, on the other hand, not as much. But um, but yeah, I guess we'll get back to uh, my team later with Havertz um, and maybe some other trade action that happened in there. But yeah, that's where that multi's at at the moment. Um, Yeah. So I guess for the waivers, um, I'll go really quickly and jump into those for now. So for the waivers this week, Mick, you were starting us off. You dropped to Digne for Emerson Royal. What are you thinking there? Like probably the new uh, new manager coming in, playing aggressive wing back? Yeah, somewhat. Um, I did have a look. Regulon obviously is a guaranteed left side. I spoke a bit about Doherty last week and said, well, he's a chance. He's played in that wing back role before and done quite well fantasy wise, obviously for a different team. Um, So I thought, well, Regulon's the guaranteed side on the left. There's a chance that he could be quite valuable. Um, And then when I had a quick look through all of the waivers and I saw Emerson was actually there, I thought Jeff still had him. Saw he'd been dropped. I said, well, he's worth a risk. Dinier's been while he still takes corners and set pieces, just hasn't really done anything at all. And Everton haven't looked very solid at the back. Um, So I thought, well, he's not that much of a risk. I can pick up, say, like a Burnley defender that's Burnley looks like they're starting to turn a corner, maybe. Maybe not keeping the clean sheets and getting the points as of yet, but I can get a player just as likely to get an assist on set pieces playing for a team just as likely to get a clean sheet so I don't need to keep Digne. I thought it's worth taking the risk on Emerson. Um, and then he, he, I think he got, an, got a clean sheet this week, was it? Or an assist. He got six points, I know that clean much. Um, and then from what I saw, a few things I read, it looks like the wingbacks were playing very, very high up the field. And I think the two best chances of the game fell to the two wingbacks or something like that. I saw a stat along those lines. So uh, hopefully that can pay out for me. Um, and they can, he can bring me some points. Yeah, well, I looked at the stats that you were saying, and if we look at the average position, Reguilon was actually the most attacking of the Spurs team. His uh, position was the highest up the field on average. So, I mean, I'm sure um, Emerson would have been pretty high up there. Um, so, yeah, like that move. I uh, definitely gave you a pass for that one. So, Dan was next, dropping Buendia for Townsend. Um, I love Buendia in the preseason. I thought he'd be a really good pickup. Hasn't really worked out for him so far at Villa. Maybe the new manager coming in can be good. So that'll be something to take a look at there. Um, Dave was next. He tried for Emerson. 
Um, but then he settled for dropping Richie for Stones. So what are we thinking there, Dave? Yeah, I mean, Mick summed it up with Emerson Royal. Um, yeah, I would have loved to have picked him up, seen how he goes under Conte. Uh, I dropped Richie, who, I don't know, he's, he's a player that I've always got in the back of my mind. It, he is involved in a lot of Newcastle's attacking threats, um, but, yeah, he's just not got the output this year and I did need to move him on. Um, interestingly, in the Newcastle game, he was one of the ones that assisted the assist, so uh, didn't lose anything by dropping him. Um, and with Laporte out uh, for a few games, I thought Stones is the nailed-on um, centre-back that's going to come in and you can't really look past a nailed-on Man, uh, Man City um, defender, even though they were playing Man U this week and I actually had three Man City players on my bench uh, because I thought Ronaldo is one of those players that's likely to just pop up and score a goal. So even though I brought in Stones, I knew that he would be sitting on my bench this week. Um, but yeah, that's basically what I was thinking about. Yeah, no, I gave you a pass for that one. Um, I think even if Stones doesn't play as much in the long term, um, I like that move. I think it was good, a uh, good idea. Um, Nate, I think, became the fourth or fifth person to drop Chalabar from Chelsea. So he dropped Chalabar and brought in Pinnock from Brentford. So a bit of a 50-50 one there. Brentford haven't looked good lately. Um, but yeah, I mean, it could work. Their fixture is about to turn a bit worse. So, I mean, Chalabar's not really playing. So I was... I was kind of happy with that one. Um, Jeff was next. He tried for Townsend, uh, but he settled for dropping his uh, one of his Liverpool favourites, Cater, for bringing an even more Liverpool favourite, Henderson. Um, but he then changed his mind a bit later, which I'll get to in a second. So I was actually happy with that move for Henderson. He's looked a bit more attacking uh, in Liverpool system the last little bit. So I was happy with that one. Dave dropped one of his defensive midfielders. Um, he dropped Click and brought in Norgard. Um, which I liked because Norgard is far more attacking and it actually worked out pretty well for you this week, Dave. So what are you thinking, just the fixtures at the moment, Dave, or is that kind of a long-term one, you think? Yeah, purely on fixtures, but, you know, if he proves his worth, then he'll be hard to drop, won't he, ultimately? Yeah, you know, I, I like the move. I did look at him, um, but I couldn't quite justify his place in front of some of my mids. I mean, when we get to my team later, we'll probably say that was a bad move, but um, I think it's a good move. I liked it. Um, the next one, Jeff dropped Wang for Lacazette, um, which I thought was interesting because Wang had started to look pretty good. Um, Lacazette, though, uh, they've started playing 4-4-2 Arsenal, so it could really be good. Um, so that's a 50-50 for me at the moment. Jeff Even 50-50 still after Lacazette missed the pen? Or had no, the pen saved? Uh, actually, that was my player, Aubameyang. So it was worse. Ah, yes, of course. Yeah. Sorry. Apologies. Sorry. Yeah, I'm yeah. pretty sure you just deliberately forgot that, Dave, just to stick the boot in a bit more. But anyway, we'll get to sticking the boot into my team a bit later. So uh, Jeff was also next, dropping Castagne for Canate, another Liverpool favourite. Um, but then on the free agents, it got a little bit interesting. Dan was had an interesting one. He dropped Watkins for Cavani. 
uh, and then Cavani proceeded to get injured. So the Dan curse for free agents uh, continues. Um, so that was a 50-50 move because I think Cavani would actually be good, but Watkins, I was surprised he was prepared to give up. So that was an interesting one there. Jeff was next with a couple of even more interesting ones. He, I just mentioned how he brought in Kanate and Henderson. He then proceeded to drop those players and bring in Gabriel for Kanate and Jorginho for Henderson. So I'm not sure what he was kind of planning there with free agents and then bringing in new free agents, but maybe he just had a look at his team and thought, maybe I do have a bit too many Liverpool players. Um, I'm not sure Jeff could ever really think that, but maybe he thought that this week. Um, Dave was then next, dropping another of his defensive midfielders, Matinho, and bringing in Leon Bailey. So what are we thinking there, Dave? Attacking mid preference or going for fixtures? Uh, definitely attacking mid preference. Um, after you quite rightly pointed out how horribly uh, imbalanced my team was last time we recorded. Um, also, the Wolves fixtures had kind of turned bad. They did have a bit of a good run uh, recently. Um, that's no longer the case. Uh, but yeah, even though I brought in Bailey and there was a fair bit of hype and he played well in the first 20 minutes that he came on for um, a few weeks ago, I watched some of that um, Villa game and he was absolute trash in at least the first half. So even though he's new in my team, uh, he's definitely on potential chopping block again, but it just all depends on who's available really. So we'll get into the league wrap, but just before we do that, I thought, Ben, just have a quick chat to you because Kane was on the table at one point for trades. Is he is he teetering on the edge of the table still? Could I offer you a injured Danny Ings potentially, or is he firmly off the table at this point in time? I am interested in a in trades still, but probably a little bit more off the table now that Conte is there. Hopefully, he's going to pick up form. Hmm. Probably not for Ings, as much as I oh. like Ings. Had him last year; it was pretty good. Huh. We'll talk when he comes back from injury, maybe, hey? Yeah, we'll definitely talk again then. Because <laughs> I did put something to you a little while ago, and I think it was somewhat a competitive... You said it was the best one you'd received, but, um, you know, Ings being injured doesn't help my cause, so that's okay. We can. Has anyone else got a trade for, for Ben while he's here? Or I've we, offered him a straight do... Ronaldo for Kane trade before. I will oh, wow. say it's been out there. I can't remember if it was a week, two weeks ago, but that has been put on the table, and it was very promptly turned down. <laughs> I don't blame you, Ben. Uh, Jeff currently has one on the table for me. Oh, what is it? What is it? What is it? It seems like Jeff has one for everybody. I think Jeff is just lurking out there as our like, main super fan. And he just waits for this time every week to chuck a few trade offers in. Just he just wants to hear his name. <laughs> what's, what's the offer? Um, originally, it was just straight up mount for any any mid except Salah, which for me, I didn't think it was really worth it. But sort of more or less, what do you guys think about that? Well, when I look at Mount, he's got six points in round one and two, and then the round of twenty four, obviously in round nine. Other than that, it's zero and one every single week. So. I don't know. I mean, if if it was me, um, I'd be saying, righto, if you give me Bernardo Silva, I, I would probably do that. 
and his other one. So I turned down the first one. I said, if you could sweeten it for me, we'd keep Ooh. talking. He said, Vardy, Gabrielle, and any mid except Salah for Mount, Kane, and Creswell. Okay. I think if you throw Bernardo in there, that's it's not too bad. I, I, uh, I can see good points for both teams there. I'd need to look at that a bit more. I'd definitely consider that on both both ends, like for both you and Jeff. Um, I'd definitely consider that with a bit of research. Um, but yeah, that first one, um, if it was Bernardo Silva, I would drop Mount if it was me. Hmm. We uh, Ben and I spoke about this one a bit earlier, and I was maybe more on Ben's side that I had Mount as a slightly higher, I guess, value. Um, obviously, I've mentioned that Bernardo is, I guess, the best of um, Jeff's other mids. Obviously, we know Salah's not getting separated from Jeff. That's a stuck together those two, um, and rightfully so. But I think Bernardo is the next of the best. I, I would say. Mount for any of the others, I probably wouldn't do, knowing that Mount can haul that way. Um, but I think in terms of like a player like hudson Adoy, I think Mount is still going to start over him, even if Mount gets shifted out to that wing. So his role is likely to change. So he may not, whether it's a play kind of that false nine or whatever it might be, um, as well as the fact that for that 24-point game, he was on penalty duties as well. So which Jorginho, one of the best penalty takers in the world, is going to be more often than not. So, yeah, I, I originally shot it down, but may, maybe you're right. Maybe if there's a bit of time out there, um, maybe it is worth putting that trade through for Bernardo. And I guess with the tech fields we have, Ben can only hope that this pod doesn't go up. Jeff doesn't hear any of this, and he can get that trade across the line. <laughs> well, I mean, Mount only starting. I was just having a look. He started four out of 11 matches so far. So, I mean... For someone that could come on and like big, big points, like you said, in that one match and had a couple of assists in the first two rounds, for a nailed-on starter in the city midfield that plays up front as well, um, uh, yeah, if it, if I was Jeff, I'd be expecting a lot more for Bernardo Silva. Just really quickly, Ben, who were the defenders involved in that trade? Uh, Creswell and Gabriel. Uh, he's got Gabriel, isn't that right? Yeah, cool. Okay. Look, I'm, I'm just looking at some numbers, so have a bit of a look. Might get back to that in a little bit of time just to see which way that might go. But um, look, what we'll do, we need to get into the league wrap-up. Let's let's jump quickly into that. And guys, I, I've got some good news. I've got some fantastic news. News that will I already know it's terrible, terrible news. I do not want to hear this news. How is it terrible news? Because it's, it it's not me. Because it's not me. I know what you're going to say. Oh, it's not me. Is- I'm closer to the top than I was last week, right? Because I am. I am closing the I gap. Think, Be careful. Yeah. I know, uh, well, absolutely. Well, one thing One thing I will mention really quickly, whilst ju- maybe just before we do it, I had a look at uh, the, the, the four-week average, so the last four game weeks, um, just to sort of see how everyone's tracking. Now, um, can anyone guess who maybe us over the last four weeks has produced the best scores? Would anyone like to guess really Nathan. quickly? 100% it'd be Nathan, right? Nathan, yeah, he is number one yeah. on forty-eight point three points over the last four weeks on average. Um, number two is Dan. Yep, forty-four point five. When seventy something of those came in one round, that helps. Correct. So that may be a bit of an outlier there for him, but that's that's where he sits. Um, I'm currently third on forty-four point three. Uh, fourth would be Jeff on forty-three. Neat. 
Uh, fifth is Dave, 42 neat. Uh, we then have Ben, 41.5. And then seventh, we have Gilby, 39.3. And Mick, 38 points. So, so I'm moving up the ladder despite averaging the least in the last four weeks. Uh, correct. Yes. It's pretty impressive. I can be good and shit at the same time. Who'd have thought? <laughs> it's the mind boggles how that works, but hey, it's there for all to see. Um, so I guess, uh, Gilby, that leads us to the fantastic news that I have. Uh, and that is the very fact that there has been a, a change in the leaderboard at the very top. Finally, um, I have managed to climb the mountain and get past Gilby. Um, Thanks to the, I think I think thanks to the trades that I was able to do during the week, and also thanks to Gilby doing some quite great tanking. Um, I'm although I don't think he's meaning to do it. Um, Gilby, before we get into it, how did the week go? How many points did you score? Are you are you worried by this change of of uh, leaders on the league? Yeah, no, I mean, like, uh, your transfers won you the title last year. So, I mean, you've somehow continued that form into now adding, I don't know, trade whispering to your arsenal. I don't know what you've been saying to Dan in his sleep, but I don't know how that went through. But anyway, that's a whole other argument. Um, But yeah, I mean, (laughs) when I look at my team this week, I had a big 18 points, which is comfortably my worst of the season so far. My worst, I think, for several seasons. I think I've at least got 20 every single time. So this is a horrible one, and it would have been worse had Tarek Mitchell not come off the bench for Azpilicueta. So, I mean, as much as I tear my hair out with Tuchel, he actually got me some points this week, which really tells you all you need to know about how bad the rest of my team was. So, Gilby, before you go into your team, like I, I can finally go first. You can. And talk about my team first. So I'm just going to stop you there. I'm just going to stop you there. This is I've, I've been looking forward to this all week. Uh, and I was able to score 48 points this week, uh, sitting at top 10 points in front of Gilby now. Um, looking at my team, um, had some good performances from the new additions to the squad. So uh, Trossard, 10 points. Rafinha, 9 points. I uh, was able to pick up. Um, six points for Diaz. Uh, Henry, who from Brentford, who scored a goal, got me 10 points, got some bonus points as well. So that was good. And the rest was really just appearance points. So I was really, really happy uh, with that points haul, all things considered. And and to move in front of Gilby has been fantastic. Uh, I'm, you know, it, it's taken, what, 11 weeks to actually get there. So I, I, I kept on thinking that I just was not actually going to be able to catch you. So... In part, that's due to your 18 points this week, which we'll get into soon. Um, but really, really pleased. I still have a few things in my squad that I probably need to address. Um, you know, my, my strikers are maybe a bit of an issue now. Um, Henry, I don't think I'll keep for too much longer just because Brentford have been playing pretty poorly. And if he didn't get the goal, I wouldn't have scored those 10 points and I wouldn't be in front of Gilby. So, uh, you know, realistically, there's still a few things to work on. Um, Mane had a really good chance at the back end of that game as well to actually uh, equalise and didn't quite get there. The diving header um, that so, should have yeah. gone in the back of the net. Absolutely. So, you know, could have could have been even that little bit better for me. But 48 points, I'm pretty stoked with that. And I'll take that every day of the week. So, yeah, very, very pleased to be on top of the leaderboard at this point in time. Would anyone like to congratulate me? Or oh, no, we have, that's... 
Gilby? Move on. No. All oh, right. Okay. Cool. Well no done, Dan. Guys. Well done, Dan. You got really good players. <laughs> oh. I don't know oh, how you managed, like, it's just, just your couple of weeks this has been. I don't know how you managed to pick the one Brentford defender that actually scored a goal and got more than one point. Um, that just summed up, like, your last couple of rounds, really. He was, he was in the championship team of the season last year, so that's what drew me to him. Uh, he was available. I know he, you know, he, he was just very lucky, Gilby. That's what it boils down to. Um, and I didn't work all that hard for the trade with Dan, so... I think, um, yeah. It... I think if we're talking it, trades, though, it, who um, knows? we should at least mention the other one. If we're talking trades, if we're doing that, like... Yeah, please do. I mean, yeah. I traded uh, with you thinking that the current week just gone, your players had, or the ones you were getting, um, Robertson, I mean, Sushek and Ben Rama had the same fixture. Uh, but I thought um, Liverpool's fixture was going to be easier than Man City up against Man U. Uh, so my two players totaled 17 points. Uh, no, sorry, um, 14 points. Granted, they were left on my bench. Uh, and the two that I sent to you <laughs> totaled two points. So you can't, you know, you can't bang on about how great it worked out with the trade for Dan without acknowledging that if you'd have held on to... Yeah. Isaac's team improved from the trade by two points this week and yours were on the bench, so your team improved by zero this week, Dave? So who won the trade? I mean, that's a pretty stupid way of looking I at think it. The be- but... I think the better manager won the trade. <laughs> <laughs> and before I throw Dan under the bus too much, he did only was only able to make that horrible trade because I gave him that player in the first place. So as much as I should be saying congratulating Dan on some awful trades, well, I'll high-five myself. For getting <laughs> rid of Rafinha. Well, look. <laughs> look, let, let's move on. Let's move on. Uh, Gilby, 18 points. You mentioned this before. You're now 10 points behind. Um, I guess that the thing is, you know, not only are you 10 points behind now, but Nathan's made a bit of a gain towards you as well. There's been a few people making some gains towards you. Um, so you've given us a bit of a run through. What I'm keen to know is how is your squad changing uh, by this, you know, in the next week or so? Well, I mean, like at first, um, when on Monday morning, I was ready to trade out my entire team as probably anyone that had that kind of week would. But when I actually sat back and looked at it and I came back to what I've said on a few podcasts that I was expecting to be chasing come Christmas, if you'd have offered me in second place by 10 points at the start of the season after 11 rounds, I would have taken that. So I've got to come back to when I look at my team and I look at like in the end, it was three players that you brought in this week that made the big difference for you. And when I look at Nate's team, it was two players that had just an absolutely massive round that got him across that line. And I look at my players and I'm on paper, I would still take my team over any other team in the league. So um, I am more than happy with my team. I'll disagree with you there, Gilby. No, I'm I'm happy you do. So (laughs) we'll see who wins in the end. Um, In the end, uh, when I look at it, it's going to be hard for me to trade at any other than the defenders. Obviously, I always said that I'm happy to trade at pretty much any defender because the defenders are always uh, vulnerable to fixtures. But 
I mean, when I look at it, I'm pretty happy really across the board. It's going to take, um, like, uh, I'm going to have to change my mind to be trading any out. But I mean, when I look at it, Sanchez negative one, or Bamiang negative one, Tielemans is now injured, Jota played terribly for Liverpool, Saar hasn't done anything for Watford, Antonio is somewhere blanked five weeks in a row now. Um, yeah, I mean, it's just one of those rounds for me. It's incredible Antonio's done so poorly considering how well West Ham's played and, and the amount of goals they've scored. So that's re- that is really unlucky. Um, I, you know, I'll give you that much. It's sort of uh, just indicative of, I guess, the last few game weeks for you where Antonio was such a big part of the beginning of the season. And the fact the last four game weeks now, you're sort of toward the bottom of the average, you know, that sort of makes sense. Well, uh, our old, my old friend Nick posted um, a meme during the week in our chat uh, comparing my first two weeks to last week with some large cats compared to a little kitty cat batting at a finger. So, I mean, when I looked at it, I looked at my first two rounds and I was actually looking at like um, my or one of my strikers DCL. Like I put a lot of my early picks into strikers and he got injured after the third week. And in those first three weeks, he went seven, seven, nine and hasn't played since. So that's always going to sting if one of your first, like your first couple of draft picks, is out injured for what has it been nine game weeks now? So uh, yeah, I will say though that I was in the same boat though. I had uh, Bamford and Ings very early, very early, yep, and so and I've been I able think, to weather that storm. I think it'll be a mistake for you to drop Bamford because I don't think you'll get him back. So that's why I'm happy to keep Ooh. DCL. Um, I Are think, you picking up Bamford, Gilby? No, I'm not going to, but I know, <laughs> I, know, I know some of the other managers probably will. As soon as he looks close to coming back, I don't think you're going to get the first go at him unless you are happy to carry him because I know as soon as I give up DCL, someone's going to take him because the striker pool is so <laughs> shallow, um, I can't afford to drop him. No, fair enough. Fair enough. Well, let's now look at the third place uh, in the league table, which is currently Nathan. He's had another good week. Round uh, leader on 56 points. Um, the majority of those points sort of coming from three players uh, in Cancelo, Smithrow, Gallagher, who are all scoring fantastic at the moment. Ramsdale as well, we can throw in there with seven points. Um, Regulon got him five. Gray got a, a, a one extra point with a clean sheet. So did De Bruyne. Um Again, you know, his his midfield is performing really well at the moment. The question is, can they sustain that, I suppose? Uh, but so far, you know, he's he's really motoring. Um, and I think that, you know, he's, he's going to be pretty pleased with uh, his efforts over the last few weeks. So he's, he's doing extremely well at the moment and he's gone up into third place. Um, and, you know, is a, a, a good opportunity for him in the next few weeks to see if he can pick up some more points. Um, I don't know if anyone else gets the same feeling, but I think De Bruyne's definitely under underachieved. So if he can start picking up a few more points for him, it's it's looking pretty good. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Nathan's done really well this year with KDB's first choice not having done anything. He's done very very well, especially when I think Pepe was his second pick. So really, he's been almost effectively in the same boat as mine in terms of first two picks haven't done anything for him as of yet. Yes, he's got a hell of a lot more value in what he's got in his team as a result, but. To, to be where he is, is uh, pretty impressive, really. Um, mm. But I think the one thing that always holds Nathan is we know what he's like on draft night. We have another draft to go yet this season. There's always a chance it all unravels. Now, judging by what you said, I haven't spoken to Nathan much about fantasy this year at all. Um, 
Sounds like he's pretty committed to it, which is great, which I reckon means he won't let it unravel completely. But we all know there's a chance. So until that mid-season draft's over, until we know where we're at and how the teams look after that, um, we'll, we'll see what happens there. But there's still, what, 27 weeks left in this season. So all of those mistakes we've made in 11, you only have to make up half of them to be in the front again. So still plenty of time. Now... Ben, wasn't Gallagher your player? Am I right in saying that? Did you trade Nathan uh, a trade for Nathan, uh, with Nathan for Gallagher at some point? Yeah, uh, Gallagher for Ward Prowse, I believe, and then two weeks later he got a red card. So it's going well. <laughs> <laughs> Seems to be going really, really well. We'll get to your team shortly, Ben. Uh, we'll quickly have a look at Jeff. Jeff had 31 points this game week, sitting in fourth place. Um, some notables for Jeff uh, being Allison getting negative one for that lovely own goal that he put in the back of the net. Bernardo still doing well for him with eight points. Gabrielle, five points. Uh, but realistically, the, the rest of his team uh, weren't able to do too much. Salah, we've spoken about, obviously got that assist as well with five points too. Um you know he's obviously been very active uh, in the in potential trades at the moment. Nothing has come off, but I'm sure he'll keep trying. Um, so Jeff is there or thereabouts with the big players from the big teams. So he picked up Lacazette, I think, this week, didn't he? So it'll be interesting to see if he can score some points for him. So on paper he's got a good team, but it'll just be interesting to see if they can keep scoring some points for him. And this leads us to Dave. So Dave, 35 points. Uh, able to make a small gain on Jeff, staying in fifth place. Uh, where was it at for you this week? Yeah, another mediocre round, but uh, really my defenders saved me from huge amounts of Gilby levels of embarrassment. Um, <laughs> I got basically just appearance points across the board, except for Trent Alexander-Arnold with 12, um, Livramento with 6, that's pretty much where it is for me. Um, although I did, as we've mentioned, I left Stones and Walker on the bench for six and eight respectively. But, yep, other than that, pretty much just uh, appearance points. Son did get an extra point for clean sheet as a midfielder. But, yeah, yeah nothing really to write home about. Um, yep, that's, Two that's qu- me. Two thoughts for you. One is Liveramento has been a great pickup for you. I think that's been fantastic. Second thing, were you always having Grealish on the bench this week? Was there a reason for that in particular? Yeah, I I was... Uh, oh, I can't even remember if that was an auto-sub. Um, no, I don't, I, think, I don't believe it was. I think I did have all my three City players on the bench purely just for the reason that I've outlined earlier that I just had... A gut feeling that Ronaldo was likely to pop up at some point and score a goal. So, you know, it doesn't affect Grealish as much as it affects my two defenders if that was to happen. Um, but yeah, that was that was the thinking. Okay. No, very nice. Well, then we move down to Dan. So Dan with 37 points um, coming in uh, behind Dave at the moment uh, in sixth place. So obviously it could have been a bit better with him with some of those midfielders that, that I um, traded with him for, but he was still able to pick up some points with James in seven, 
Uh, Tommy Yasu with five, Bowen with nine. Bowen's going great guns at the moment. He's one to definitely consider a normal fantasy for those playing at home. Um, and then some appearance points for the rest of his group. Uh, Keane with six on the bench was his other noticeable. And Cavani, like we mentioned before, coming in, um, injured on zero points and being auto-subbed was a bit of a shame. I'll admit as well, I was very, very close to trying to get Cavani uh, as well. I was going Lacazette Cavani for that's what was my thinking for uh, my my free agent trades, but that was sort of both taken or one was taken up beforehand and Cavani was still available in the morning when I looked and in the afternoon when I went to actually place the trade, Dan had picked him up. So I dodged a bit of a bullet there, but um you know I thought Cavani was a pretty good option considering how well he played the week before. Um so you know Dan's got Dan's been spoken a lot about this podcast. It'll be interesting to see what his take is. We'll no doubt have him on shortly. Um, and we can dis- I, I think Gilby will have words with him for that trade uh, when we do manage to get him on. So I'll, I'll, I'll leave that to Gilby. Can to, I just uh, hope Gilby sends him some absolutely ridiculous trade offer and say, and then respond with, oh, you accepted for Isaac? Because I, I just want to see that happen. I'd love it to happen so we can screenshot it before he hears this pod. Because I think that'd be some great gold. I think we'll going how my luck's been uh, this last few weeks. Um, if I now slated Dan for a couple of weeks in a row, he's probably going to beat me over all the end of the season going on my karma. <laughs> so we'll see. I'll probably, I mean, Mick has said for weeks that he's tried to put the curse on me by saying that my players are going to go well because any player he says go well is ends up going terribly. So, I mean, in the end, maybe by saying that Dan's trades are trash, they'll turn out to be great. Well, he's moved above me in the ladder, so he he's started to beat me. But I mean, it, the only way he can move above me in the ladder is by starting below me. So no one else gets that honor except Ben. But that'll probably happen. We'll wait and see. Right. Yeah. Well, Mick, let's get into your your week this week. So forty points overall. Um, was able to you were able to get up into seventh place. Uh, we'll talk to Ben very shortly. Um, so tell us, where do those 40 points come from? Are you satisfied with where you are at the moment or are you looking to make some changes? Uh, satisfied with where I am? No. Looking to make changes? I just mean with your squad. Yes. Um, <laughs> I mean, it's the same problem I've had before. My forward line, Ronaldo, Jesus, Wood, happy. Very happy. Um, Wood, as a third striker, he's a starter. He's played pretty much Every minute, I think he's missed all of 30, I think, across the entire season. Um, what's that? 80 minutes he's missed across the entire season, but the smallest match he's had is 74 minutes. So he's collected two match fee, match points, um, two appearance fee points, I guess, in every single game. So, I mean, for a third striker, you don't really want much else. Burnley look like they're starting to play a little bit better now with that result against Chelsea. So hopefully that can work for him um sorry i lied he actually only had 60 on the weekend so he must have had more that before that um in saying that none of them produced this week in my back line i was really happy i've had um tierney i picked up size last week chillwell shaw them combined picked up a total of four points um dropped dinier who got a clean sheet this week but did pick up emerson royal who also got a clean sheet so i guess it worked a bit worked well there had tim cruel in goal this week against brentford got me four points as well um so i guess probably the first player to actually get some quality points um, for goalkeepers and if you actually look at i'm just noticing this now but the uh fantasy website they use that uh influence creativity and threat rank now as to how they actually 
quantify that. I'm not exactly sure. Um, but they have Tim Krul as their number one keeper, which I don't quite understand. Um, in terms of threat, he's the 42nd best keeper. I've already spoken about that. Robert Sanchez is the number one threat goalkeeper. Um, influence, though, I assume it is purely because of the number of saves. I mean, how many goalkeepers in 40, uh, make 40 saves in 11 games? Um, mm. That is quite impressive. That's a guaranteed one extra point every game. So even if they do concede two goals, he gets that point back straight away. So I'm pretty much, the way they're playing at the moment, he's a two-point guarantee for a team that's going to concede two goals. And if they don't mm-hmm. concede two goals, there's three points. Um, and if there are 50-50 chairs, either concede zero or one, so he may get six points. So Norwich's new manager, always a bit hard. I would assume with the way Krull's been playing, he's going to keep his spot. I can't see that changing. Um, so he's a chance there as well. I do have a bit of a dilemma. I was looking this week. Um, Wolves don't have good fixtures this week. So it may be a case of he plays again for me. Um, I may not, I may be forced into that, but my midfields where I really got my points this week, um, Nathan Redmond, I was very close to dropping this week, but I thought, okay, I'll keep him. I think they had Southampton, um, their fixtures looked okay. So I said, oh, they're worth keeping. He's been playing up front a bit. Um, Broha was back from injury. I thought maybe he's a chance to play. Came down with COVID, so now he's out for a week and a bit. Um, hopefully, he'll be back next week, but solid chance that he won't be in the team anymore for me. Um, Madison also came down with an illness midweek. So two of my five mids came down with illness when I've got Sterling, who's not playing, Havertz, who's barely scoring. Left me, left me with one quality mid, Fornells, who fortunately for me came home strong with 12 points. Havertz did also get a goal. So out of my 40 points, 20 of them came from two players. Um, it's nice to get some level of returns from one of my first draft picks for once. Um, the, the issue for me is going to be how long is Havertz going to continue to play. Um, but I mean, early in the game week, I was worried. I had ones and twos across the board. All of my good, good players, and I use quotation marks there, had already played. So I was really worried about where I was going to finish this week. Um, the fortunate thing for me is I looked across the board and a lot of people were struggling. Like you've said already, the forwards this game week, just nobody produced. Um, so that helped me out as well. And there were some really low scores. And then when Fornals came in with 12 points, it got me second for the round, I'm pretty sure. Um, and like I said before, I was, I think I was about 107 points from uh, behind Gilby at the start of the week, behind first. And now I'm only 105, so I made up two points. So at the end of the day, as much as I got second this week and I didn't win it, I'm closer to first than I was last week. And if I can do that every week, I'm at least 27 points closer to the winning. <laughs> <laughs> so that, that's pretty much where I'm at. Um, as normal, there'll be a bit of a few offers going around in the next week and a half, uh, particularly around my midfielders, seeing what offers are out there. Um, but like I said, I wouldn't expect any trades to go through between now and next Tuesday, purely because there's no games and everyone wants to wait and see how players come back from international breaks. So, that's kind of where I'm at at the moment. Um, in saying that, I'm not going to do a multi, but can I just point out, Havertz with Timo Werner being out will score three goals across the two games against Liechtenstein and Armenia. So I'm going to throw that out there right now. That, that's Mick's unofficial multi for the week. He's wow. probably going to blank. Absolutely. And you know what? He can blank there all he wants. <laughs> now, I put this to you last week, Mick. I'm going to put it to you again. Can it's you more please? likely this week, yes. Well, sorry, after next week, more likely Sterling 
holds less value than the sterling. Is that is that a good saying? I like that saying. Um, but yeah, sterling more likely, wow. more more and more likely to not make be in the squad next week. But oh, please, <laughs> we'll wait and see. Please, but for someone who, oh uh, yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> I'm just looking out for you, Mick. That's all I'm doing. I really am. Yeah, and you really looked out for Dan, didn't you? <laughs> that was mostly on Dan. <laughs> no, to be fair, it is. And that's what I was alluding to before. So, um, yeah, but like, yeah, Sterling probably going to be gone. Um, found it interesting that Pep didn't make a single substitution against Manchester United. I think every single player played to. 90 minutes. Oh, 100%. They didn't need to. With how much ball was in the attacking area, they didn't exactly have to work super hard in terms of how much they ran. Um, but yeah, Mares didn't get a run, I don't think. Um, Brealish didn't get a run. And I know Sterling's behind those two in the pecking order. So unless any drastic injuries happen, um, I think, yeah, Sterling's pretty much done here. Oh, that's music to my ears. Thank you so much, Mick. I, I hope it becomes a reality. Now, we will get to our final place, the eighth place currently uh, with 32 points this week. was overtaken by Mick. Uh, that is Ben. Now, Ben, you're with us. Hopefully, you've got your team there. Would you be happy to run us through your team, what your thoughts are, what you may be may- thinking of changing? Uh, where are you currently at? Uh, could have played both keepers this week. That would have been nice. <laughs> I like it. I like it. Double keeper. Which one of those is oh. more attacking, Isaac? Or Mick, wasn't Which it? One? Which one's more attacking? Oh, hold on. I, I can get the I can get the stats up too. Oh, so uh, currently, well. Gaeta is is tenth, and McCarthy is eleventh. So it's very even <laughs> in terms of influence. I should say that's total. That's total ICT index. Uh, you could look at threat and stuff like that, but yeah, they, there you go. Quite quite similar, I guess. Sorry, Ben. C- continue on. So both keepers would have been great. In expected oh, oh, assist, sorry. both have a cumulative zero, so neither of them is a threat. <laughs> the backline didn't do much this week. Appearance points and yellow cards, so didn't help. Uh, I think Maguire's playing on one leg at the moment too, so... Yeah, yeah, that's pretty well it. Uh, Zaha, still pretty much a rock in the middle of my midfield. No one else has given me much more than appearance points. Um, Except Foden and Ward-Prowse this week, both got clean sheets. Uh, And Kane up front is doing sweet F all, so... That's pretty much me. Uh, St. Maximin and was up there for appearance and more pay played and then got a yellow card 24 minutes so less pay <laughs> less pay not more pay less pay but more pies more pies <laughs> oh, so Ben are you thinking of making any any changes in like the waiver wire for example like Pogba is obviously out at the moment he was your second pickup he did well at the start um, it seems like maybe he's less and less likely to get too much game time. Is he your biggest issue or are you thinking there's some other things you need to address first? I'm thinking there's probably some other issues I need to address first. I don't think my midfield's overly that bad. The defensive line's not looking overly healthy. But I do have a couple of transactions looking at this week. 
um, the moment I've got more pie out for Armstrong. Zank you don't have out. to tell us this, by the way. That, that, <laughs> that's fine. I'll just give you the two. I've got a couple okay, in okay. there. And Zanker out for Dyer. Okay. My two at the moment. Yeah, fair enough. Yeah, I mean, but, if you... I'm not sure what's happened to Morpay because he was, you know, starting and getting some good points. Um, I haven't been keeping up with Brighton and why they've changed uh, their formation or what's happened there, but it's a bit of a shame because he was getting some quality points. I remember reading somewhere about um, Graham Potter coming out about Neil Morpay and saying that he needs to get used to he's not going to be playing as he's basically going to have a squad rotation role this year that he's going to play a lot of minutes but not necessarily all the time i'm um, just seeing if i can find it but um he's a great guy can be difficult as a young striker stepping in um and then said you have to understand him he came from the championship he's done well um he's a striker there is pressure and basically that oh and then he's blamed the lockdown as well um, Potter has so you can see you can't see your family friends there's no release it can be difficult but yeah there was there was something else along the, the lines basically saying that it's something you have to expect and basically that even though he's pretty much with Danny Welbeck out there only full striker um, that they've got Trossard up front and that Trossard almost seems like the nailed on one at the moment not Morpai so I think Ben's probably in the right there that Morpai may not be the 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 guy um, but we've already mentioned there's there's a couple of options in the waiver wire for forwards. So we mm-hmm. Gilby's already mentioned how Bamford's going to get snuck up pretty quickly, but I can see three or four other forwards that are playing in that list at the moment who are Pookie available. Party, pookie so, party, pookie party. The, the question is, that <laughs> I can understand that Bamford's a good option for someone to pick up for an attacking team like Leeds that will score goals and Bamford's their outlet with Rafinha. But when there's other guys playing in the meantime, the question is who's willing to take that risk early enough to actually do it and I know until I get some clear-cut stuff, I'm not giving up even Chris Wood for it. I'm definitely not giving up Jesus or Ronaldo. So there's other options out there. And the way, if you look at where Ben and I are at the moment, down at the bottom end, we can't afford to pick up guys who aren't playing. We need to pick up guys who are scoring right here, right now. Um, it's our only chance of getting back into it. So I think it's a case of look short-term, seeing if you pick up someone who can score the next points in the next week, two weeks, ideally three weeks. They can't score in the next three weeks. What's the point? Because there's only eight more weeks until we dropped everyone again, anyway. So it's short-term stuff at the moment. There's no point looking any further forward than that. No, fair enough. I can understand that. I think um, you know it's just it's about balance of squad as well, and looking at you know if there's someone in the waiver wire who can get you more points than who you currently have, and which position that holds. So um, you know, generally. Generally, defenders, there seems to be like Gilby's obviously taking the tack where he's going to rotate his defenders in and out and just look for where the points are coming from, look at fixtures, and that could be where you're getting the majority of your points. So you just have to, I guess, look at where that sits for you and your squad and, and your current makeup. I agree, Ben. I think your midfield looks really good. Um, they just didn't score points this particular week. Like Foden and Mount, they're going to score a good amount of points. Uh, Zahar's been playing really, really well. Uh, Ward Prowse is the only only midfielder for Southampton who might do something and, you know, he's, he's going to pick up points here and there. So um, hopefully you can just find those other players who could support them around and, and work from that point of view. Yeah, it's looking okay. So guys, is there much else to add? Are we 
apart from Gilby, are we happy with what the ladder's looking like? i got to keep bringing it up, Gilby. You've been on top for 11 weeks. Yeah, no, I mean, you've done well. I mean, <laughs> your transfers won it last season, and you've had some really good transfers over the last few rounds that we've been through here. So, I mean, like, power to you. i got nothing to add. No one else. I just want to make sure oh. that I'm the one on top of that ladder come the end of the season. Don't really give a stuff where I am right now, but you obviously <laughs> need to, you know, build a base to work from. And I think my base is reasonable. Reasonable. Wow. How underwhelming. I mean... Thank you, Dave. Reasonable is way more overwhelming than what I would say if I was in say, Mick or Ben or Dan's position. But, I mean, even then, like, when I look at this week, like, I've conceded nearly 40 points to Nate. So when I look at your position, Dave, you are currently uh, slightly less than 40 points ahead of Mick. So that could very, very quickly turn around, as I just found out. (laughs) Let's not go crazy. What you're forgetting here, Gilby, is to make up 40 points, I need to score more than 40 points. And I believe out of the 11 rounds, I've done that three times, and that might be pushing it. Uh, 45. Oh, no, I've done it four times. Five times. Oh, easy. Look out, Dave. Coming. Oh, you, you've got Shaw and Ronaldo. I think you, you'll be just fine. Yeah, you'll, be, you'll be fine. Nah, no uh, the main man's habits. Ronaldo's too, <laughs> isn't he? And Sterling, if he keeps him, we got another week to discuss this. We can, you can pick on me next week. Well, wasn't Tim okay. Krul the best goalkeeper in the league? So, absolutely, according to FPL, he is. That's um, trade bait, if I've ever heard it. We, I mean, how many points did your keeper score this week, Gilby? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So clearly, he's not the best keeper in the league, like you have. Uh, and I'm not going to lie, <laughs> I couldn't remember, but I believe negative one is less than four. Last I checked. So I'll need a number number line to confirm. Second is also higher than seventh. No, that that is true. That is true. (laughs) Some would say two and seven is five apart, four and negative one. You know what? My keeper is that much better than you are than me at FPL. So um, just let me go over here and I'll count my trophies from previous seasons though, hey? (laughs) I think on that note, from someone else who also has zero trophies... You should just be quiet now, Mick. <laughs> You'll notice, boys, that I've got my winning jersey on from last season. I just thought I would flex and, you know, uh, bring that to the fore, considering now I'm on top of the ladder. It may not last that long, being only 10 points up, but whilst whilst, I, whilst I'm in the lead, I thought I'd put it on. I also have my winning shirt on from last year. Topless here. <laughs> and isn't it a sight to behold? Um, look, I think what that's where we rig. might... I think that's where we might wrap it up. Uh, Now, Ben, thank you so much for coming on. Thank you for bringing some half-decent, when I say half-decent, some amazing facial hair to the podcast. Um, That's not to to slate uh, the two that are currently rocking some facial hair, but at the same time, it definitely is a slate on them. So thank you, Ben. Um, It was wonderful to have you on. Feel free to come on anytime. And best of luck in beating Mick uh, and hopefully... um, getting out of that bottom position in the coming weeks. Well, that is the plan. So thanks. I'll probably come on in another few weeks. Sounds good. Boys, 
thank you so much. I uh, hope everyone has a good week. We've got another week to mull over what uh, the waiver wire might look like and try and decide what our, our squads are going to look like in, in, in the next game week. Next time around, we might have a look at some games coming up. We might have a look at some other stats, um, but we'll do it all again next week. So thank you very much, boys. See ya. Cheers, boys. My luck to everyone. <laughs> <laughs> uh, goodbye, all. See ya. <laughs>